0: Hello guys and welcome back to the podcast. This is episode 6. I am War Mapley.
1: And I am Chloe Robinson. And today we have with us Abby. We're actually back again. We have filmed this podcast, recorded this podcast once, um, but we had to re-record because the mic sounded like an alien invasion was taking over. So here we are. Take 2. Very
0: annoying, very annoying, very annoying. But we're back. Yes. And you can tell us your stories all over again. Oh yeah. I don't know how exciting. But <laughs> well,
1: thanks for coming back, obviously. Your time is valuable. Everyone's time is valuable, so thanks for coming back again. I know it's you said right. you're feeling a little bit tired today, so I am, yeah. It's been a long week, hasn't it, <laughs> I think. We're cramming it in before we all get locked away again. So uh yeah. Um Let's get straight into it. So today we are re-recording part two to the price of being too lean, which has now come out. So, <laughs> Maybe hopefully. there's a bit more
0: understanding of what we're talking yeah, about.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Did you get a chance to listen to it? At I've all listened them? to some. some yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Cool. Cool. Obviously, before we didn't know what quite we didn't know what we we're talking about because it hadn't been released. <laughs> um, so yeah, um, we we obviously talked about you know, will being naturally lean. Myself, you know, the battle to get as lean as possible because I wanted visible abs. So today, Abby, we're going to listen a little bit about your story. So give us a little bit of your kind of um, your backstory and and who
2: you are. Okay, so I'm Abby or Abs. Um, so I've trained in dance, primarily musical theatre. Um, been dancing since I was two. Um, I've been a dance teacher for six years now, Um, I went to London, trained in musical theatre, came back, did all my teaching qualifications to become a dance teacher and then I went to university, I'm still there, Chai Uni, to do a degree in dance science and I am now on a Masters for Applied Sport and Exercise Nutrition. I found Dream Fitness about two years ago, came to the gym, yeah, <laughs> and that's where, yeah, so it's really been the last sort of two years that I've really got into my fitness side and the nutrition with university, so it's sort of played alongside each other, going to uni and joining here.
1: Amazing, amazing. Um, so obviously with your, with your dancing background, the reason we obviously invited you on was because we saw your, your transformation from, when was that again, remind me? Um, I think it was, I was about 15 16 that in the it, original yeah. photo yeah so um abby put a transformation photo of herself when she was 15 or 16 sort of doing in a in a dance costume wasn't it or a leotard um to was it your leanest or current like present day
2: um roughly? i can't remember what post it was now it was probably my I leanest a i think yeah or, oh no that was just um i remember what one it was now that was a night out just before lockdown, my
1: last night out. <laughs> there we go. There we go. So posted a transformation post, obviously, kind of the the classic comparing of the two, you know, how far you've come and things like that, and and um, delve, you know, personally into what you were experiencing at the time, back when you, you know, that photo was taken of you and kind of how you felt. So. Let's talk a little bit about your kind of obviously your fitness journey and um, you know, go back to, to where you started because obviously you have had a massive kind of weight transformation as well mm-hmm. as, you know, going through that kind of journey now with the, the mindset side of things and getting into strength training. So let's talk a little bit about your kind of your history with, with what you kind of went through.
2: Yeah, so that post in particular, I think I put it up because the little caption was weight is just a number. Yeah. And I think for me that's what I've really had to learn through all of this. Um, But yeah, so as a child I was always bigger and actually I was watching an old dance DVD with a friend the other day and although I wasn't big, like you wouldn't have looked at me and been like, oh she's the fat one, I always had that little belly. Um, So I was always carrying my weight and then as I got older it got worse um, and through my teenage years I became unhappy because of a bit of bullying. And unfortunately, at the time, wasn't educated in nutrition. So it was that classic, I was eating the wrong things, putting on weight, getting bullied for it. So I was sad. So I ate the wrong things. It was that little cycle. Um, then when I was 15, 16, I went to a full-time performing arts school. And I think that's where, naturally, so everyone always used to tell my parents, oh, I was just puppy fat, it would drop off. And I was like... <laughs> Meanwhile, um, <Maybe> so, well, <laughs> someone just called you fat on the side yeah. and they are like... <laughs> yeah exactly um but when I started exercising obviously every day it did start shifting um I leaned out a little bit but then I would always sort of fluctuate up and down then I went off to London and I went to musical theatre college and that's where I really in my first year I really dropped a lot of weight but it wasn't in a healthy way so I put it back on when I came home once I graduated sort of piled the pounds back on
1: how old roughly were you then when you went to London? so i went when i was 18
2: so in my first year 18 19 years old i lost a lot Mm. um but then going out partying 20 21 i sort of put it back on at 21 i graduated came straight home put more weight back on i'd actually went up probably to that sort of first photo that i posted the other day um but yeah like trial and error through that sort of 18 19 eating all the wrong things so completely flipping it though where I was eating the wrong things and putting on weight before because I'd grab like chips or whatever I then like again I touched on it in the post tried all sorts of diets tried not eating completely tried the baby food diet me and my friends used to sit in the changing room eating jars of baby food because we thought that would work obviously it didn't so it was just really unhealthy lean if yeah. that makes sense um And then, yeah, so I did a six-week shred. This was just before I joined the gym. And although that was really hardcore, like it was very strict, that's when I fell in love with nutrition because I completely cut out sugar, I cut out all drinks. I was just drinking water, so no alcohol, Um, and it worked. So that's when I dropped two stone. And since then, joining the gym and just maintaining like a balanced, healthy lifestyle, I've managed to yeah stay in that sort of position up and down a little bit but I've really sort of now I'm into my weight training strength um and I want to I'm more about muscle and how you look Mm. rather than getting on the scale and seeing that number
1: yeah yeah once you start touching into that um the strength training side of things which is what I found and I did Get into it, you know, around that 2015-16 time, you know, properly. But it makes it much more sustainable because you're going to put on a little bit of muscle, and then maybe you retain a little bit less fat, or it sits differently on you. And then when you do maybe gain a little bit of weight, it doesn't go back on the way it used to. So it's uh, it's definitely a good way to get that sustainable fat loss, but without having to sacrifice everything which yeah. you you do kind of have to do initially I think yeah. in a lot of ways. Um but as long as you know at some point you've you've got to give yourself something back. Like you can't take it all away forever. Like if, if you can't imagine yourself living without all your favourite foods sort of thing, you know even if they are you know maybe the, the worst end of the spectrum of fast food or junk food, that type of stuff, you know, if you can't imagine yourself never having that again, then it's not gonna be forever. Yeah. You know um, I and mean, we can could always live without junk food, but, you know, you like those things, hey? Like,
0: yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You've got to have that balance, haven't you, between obviously what you're eating and, and if it's something that's maybe not as healthy for mm. you, then maybe have it in smaller amounts. Yeah. Do they, when you, when you went to, to London, do they do anything strength-based? Do they they take you to the gym? Is there anything that they do at all or is it literally all about, I want you to lose weight, I want you to be this size, I want you to make sure that you're lean, you're skinny, um... Or is there anything that is, is maybe like gym based or strength based or
2: So at the time, no. There was nothing at all. We weren't even encouraged to join a gym, nothing like really? that. It was just so we had very, very long days. Half seven in the morning we would start because they had a theatre school, so like an after school dance in the evenings as well. So we were half seven till half four, five. Um and nothing. So we did sort of have our evenings, but there was no go and join the gym, get strong. It was just about that aesthetic look, yeah. like be lean. It wasn't too bad because obviously musical theatre is about all shapes, all sizes, especially more these days. So it wasn't classically trained, mm. which is like a thousand times worse. But there was still that pressure, like you need to drop weight, you need to change size, shape, whatever. Um, the only thing that we did have was, what do you call it, body conditioning. But that basically, they just... <laughs> Shut us in a studio, tried to get it as hot and sweaty as possible so that we would drop as much as possible. So yeah. to me, it wasn't conditioning. Sweat all that water <laughs> yeah, yeah I mean, it was it's, just it's literally just water like water weight you're losing. Then, yeah, isn't it, really? they'd put us in the smallest studio, no doors or um, windows open, and just sweat. Mm. Um, so yeah, that was their body conditioning i guess it helped in terms of flexibility because mm. obviously after that you were super warm so then you'd have a stretch class afterwards yeah, yeah. but there was no conditioning to it really it wasn't for the right reasons mm. i would say
1: i think with that thing as well you know that it um because we also had the the healthy performer kind of module um, when i was in college and that essentially is level one personal training or uh, gym instructor uh, type material with what you deliver and you know, basic circuit training and things like that. But they're obviously, you know, it's no disrespect to the the teachers because they only know what they know, which in the grand spectrum maybe isn't enough to kind of deliver those types of classes, you know, effectively because they're going on what they were taught, you know, mm. however many years prior. Um, but yeah, I remember doing the same thing, It'd be like, right, we're gonna warm up our core now, we're gonna do a load of crunches and side crunches. and yeah maybe a plank or two and then we'll do a few push-ups. And that was the closest I got to strength training was push-ups in college. And I think I was one of the only girls at the time that could do, well, I thought I could do full, <laughs> four full push-ups but I don't know how low I ever went. And I've seen videos of my push-ups from recent years and they've come on a, <laughs> a lot. You showed me that the other day, didn't you, I yeah, remember, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but even with things like that, that's one of the things I notice now and I know what my form was like. Is the correction of things like having a bit of a sticky out bum and you mm-hmm. know tucking your pelvis under and being in a good safe position to do a plank to do push ups, you know, well. Um, but yeah, there's definitely a lack in what actual conditioning, like if you're talking about you know metabolic conditioning and fitness conditioning for dance. <laughs> there's a lot more that could be could definitely be learnt. Um, yeah, we I mean, had a lot of yoga in in college as well. They liked a lot of yoga. I didn't know it was yoga at the time.
2: We Yeah, we had one class, but I only remember it being introduced later on in my years there. So obviously I was there for three years. Mm. And to be perfectly honest, I think I just used to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> because Meditation. it was on a Tuesday morning, and I crazily signed myself up for a show down here. Mm. So on Mondays, I used to drive back to Sussex, do a rehearsal, stay at my mum's, get up at 4am, Tuesday morning drive back up to London and my first lesson was yoga so that was nap time for me to be perfectly honest (laughs) I I don't remember getting much out of yoga Mm, back then yeah yeah they they were trying but I I wasn't in the room
1: (laughs) yeah so when do you think um for yourself you kind of started to notice like you know you said obviously you, you felt like you was always a little bit chubbier maybe than the other people I also had the same kind of feeling like I was never big I knew I wasn't fat but I had it and I didn't like it um and when did you like when was that first kind of thought for you do you think where you were like hang on a minute I'm not the same as everyone else you know maybe I'm a bit taller or someone said something to you that maybe kind of triggered that kind of moving forward
2: so that's interesting again because recently I've sort of looked back at teen photos and I don't remember when I look back, I don't remember feeling it at the time. But I know I did because it was that secondary school age where I got bullied. So I knew then. But I, I think I was still, I, I don't know whether I put on a face, but I was still very confident in myself. Like I didn't really let it knock me down. And I think the big thing was when I went to full-time performing arts school, there were suddenly all these very skinny girls in the room. And I was like, oh, okay. Because I'd gone from a state school Mm -hmm. where you had all shapes. It's just life in that room. You then go to this performing arts school. Um, My best friend from that performing arts school was very, very lean. um, And we were the only two. It was very small. We were the only two year 11s. So it was like chalk and cheese. Mm -hmm. Like literally one extreme to the other. Um, We had different strengths as well, which was great. Because we could help each other with other things. But it was literally two opposites. So that probably started it. Um, Then, so when you audition for college at the time, I think they're trying to change it now, but you have to put on your application form your weight. And I remember being like, oh, I don't want to write that down. Um, A lot of colleges, which is where I think they've stopped, in the audition, you had to get on the scales so that they checked you weren't lying. Um, You have to send photos of you in just a leotard, Mm. um, which again, that's very you feel pressured with that. You're trying, mm. like, you're trying to suck in. You're trying to yeah, look yeah. as lean as possible. Um, Did you have to do the arabesque Yeah, and stuff? Yeah, yeah the classic. Photos. I was like, oh God, I'm so <laughs> terrible at this. And then the cheap way as well, where your teacher would be like, just kick your leg and I'll get the photo quickly. <laughs> <laughs> trying to make it look like it was higher. Um, and then when I went to college, um, we actually got weight. So I think, again, that's where I was like, I'm heavier than you, and
0: I don't, don't feel. Yeah,
2: you're constantly again. looking at the numbers, um, and obviously, a massive thing with dance is the mirror, as well. Standing in front of that mirror every day, not only are you very harsh on yourself, mm. um, you, you're looking at everyone else, like in front of you. But it's weird for me. I don't know if you feel the same, but sometimes although you've got a room full of people, when you look in that mirror, all you see is yourself. Does that make sense? Yeah, Yeah.
1: It's funny, I said to Will, because Will asked me the same question in the podcast um, when we were doing it, I said, you know, do you think that made a difference being in that mirror? And I've spoken to one of my best friends who was the year below me in college and I said, I was talking to her about it and I was like, I think that's where this, it is a self-obsession and I'm happy Mm -hmm. to say that because I know that I'm always in the mirror, always looking and picking Mm. and... yeah like hyper focused on tiny things like one of the things i got from that and i always had from a young age was um my skin on my face i always was quite spotty but i would hyper focus on any spots on my face pick 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 until i bleed and it's like oh that's nice now you've got a nice little blood spot on your face but yeah you know uh, when you're looking at yourself and you glance at the other girls and you might just be in a really poorly put up mirror that's walked a little bit yeah but you're like that's me look at me you know I look worse than everyone I'm slower than everyone you know there were girls that were far far better performers than I was and I was like this is why look at you sort of thing and it does does make you really obsessed with yourself and how good you are or aren't you know and you feel like you look good and then you've got to watch a video back and you're like oh
0: yeah. But I don't necessarily think that that's, that's your fault. I think you've been mm. trained to be that way, yeah. haven't yeah. you? Know, because you've been weighed, because people are telling you that you need to be a certain way, because probably the girls that are leaner and, and have got their weight this week and they're doing great in the vertical commas, you know, they're probably saying stuff behind your back or, or whatever, you, do, you just don't know. But you've been trained to feel that way because mm. people are actually obsessing over your weight and what you look like. Yeah you probably, if, if someone didn't say something, you'd probably be comfortable with, with the way that you look, yeah. you know? Yeah. Well, you were probably comfortable when you went to, to school and you were dancing at school because people were the same as you, you know? But you've been trained to, to feel that way, haven't you? Yeah,
1: yeah. It's true. Yeah, it's it's interesting from when it does start. I mean, I know I was, um, even before, because I didn't do any classical training or anything like that, um, pre-going to college, that was when my, like real training kind of started i just did dance for fun with a family group we would do parades in the local area and went as far as like ringwood and things like that i think one point we went to france as well for um the twin towns they do like a little celebration type thing i don't really get it but <laughs> i digress <laughs> but um i know at least from like i think you said but we've recorded this before it's like age 10 little stick and then mm-hmm. like 11 came around and it's suddenly like this massive like, oh, yeah. like, I woke up overnight and I was a little yeah. bit chubby and a bit spotty. And My friends are going, Chloe, why have you got spots? Chloe, why do you look like this? Mm-hmm. And so I know that that's where that started for me because I've got holiday photos from 10 years old where I'm, like you say, a little rake, like just a child. Yeah. And then suddenly it's this like transition of, oh, things are changing and you're not as you know skinny yeah. as you were, you know, in your childlike form and um i know that was where things started to change for me and there probably was comments from people like oh you're fat and it's just kids being kids saying something because they know it's impactful but it stays with you as you kind of grow older um but yeah, and then obviously when you get in
2: that mirror and you kind of look at yourself constantly in a leotard and leggings and you're like oh boy yeah (laughs) i find as well and I still do it now, so obviously I did dance and we still have ballet at uni, so the last three years. Mm. And I was still just as bad, even though I'm in a completely different mindset. Mm. Um, it's so weird how the dance studio mirror is like, it's like the, the devil, do you know what I mean? You know when you've got an angel and a devil on your shoulder? Like, so I will get dressed at home, look in my mirror at home, and I'm like, oh, well done, you look really lean in your leotard. Get in that studio and it's like it's a magic mirror. Yeah, it's swear it's the lights. <laughs> like, and you suddenly find everything. Yeah. And I don't know whether that's because you've got comparisons around you mm-hmm. or whether it is the lighting mm-hmm. or whether it's just that
0: Old habits die hard. Mm. Yeah.
1: yeah, almost like, it's almost yeah. like a regression in that moment. Yeah. Because like I uh, went back to college and did a few dance classes and I would find myself, like, almost feeling like I did when I was in my first year, Be yeah. like, oh, you're at your depth here you should probably leave the class like you're not you know you're not good enough to be here and I remember actually at the time one of the things I did I was like no I was like you're here what pressure is there on your head to be anything but someone enjoying a dance class there's no exam there's no you know film waiting for you at the end to watch back and do better we did film it just for kind of promotional purposes and actually I was like you know what I actually enjoy, you know, that little bit of dancing that i done, and actually, you know, you look good. You've been out for however many years, yeah. and it's fine. But um, let's talk a little bit about, obviously, what you're doing now in a more positive kind of spectrum of things, yeah. because <laughs> it can get quite dark in the old dance world. And I think we can touch on the fact that actually... Sorry, well, I know you're not a dancer per se. No, no, that's okay. um, I'm sure you've experienced people that maybe have these kind of um, experiences themselves. Well, yeah, of course, yeah. Um, but... We love to dance and we still do. do. Like yeah. I would go back in a heartbeat to college and do it all over again with what I have now. Yeah. But we can't go back, so we must move forwards. <laughs> <laughs> but um, let's talk a little bit about what you're doing now with obviously your the end of your masters. Yeah. Yeah, masters. Um and kind of where you wanna Ooh. go to, you know, change change how the maybe the experiences we had and past people have had and yeah. Make a difference.
2: So, for me, it all stemmed from second year um, so this was on the BSC dance science, and in our second year, in sort of preparation for dissertation, you had to do a research project so i um, so I'm really interested in plant- based vegan diets as well, and how that affects the dancer because with this classic "Oh, I need to lose weight," a lot of dancers will cut out meat, so I was like, "Are oh, they getting enough protein blah 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 blah. So I did a little research project, which compared energy expenditure and calorie intake between vegan and non-vegan dancers, thinking that obviously the vegan dancers would be much lower in protein, and therefore there would be a difference there. However, when I got all this information back, looked at the data, it was actually across the board that there is not enough protein in dancers. So that sort of stemmed into my dissertation project, where I gave a pea protein supplementation or a we uh, week oh. <laughs> a whey protein supplementation, <laughs> <God damn. laughs> um, and looked at muscular strength and if there was an improvement between the two groups. Um, but yeah, I was really really shocked going back to that second year at what dancers eat. Mm-hmm. To be, I know I've been there as well, but even now, there's just it. It's like we we know what we should be eating, mm-hmm. but I think it's the time, the pressure. You just grab what is there yeah. and what's ready to go, mm-hmm. which has now led on to what I'm looking at now, um, which is going to be more sort of questionnaire interview-based with dancers as to why we have those eating habits. Mm-hmm. Um, is it lack of education in these conservatoires, or is it we don't have time? Um, but yeah, so that's where it's all sort of come from was back in second year but that's what I'm really passionate about now is changing the mindset of dancers and actually food isn't scary yeah food is a friend mm. and that if you feel yourself correctly you could be performing so much better than you are now and I think that's what we as dancers don't necessarily think yeah. whilst we're in that bubble I come out now and I'm like, why didn't you do this back then? Yeah. I say to my friends that like, I'm still in touch with my college friends from 10 years ago and we talk to each other. I'm like, I wish I could go back with this body, with this mindset and smash those three years. Yeah, mm. yeah, 100%. 100%. I think it's
0: important for dancers to also know that you can eat healthy, you can eat and still be lean and yeah. still perform at a high level. You know, And I think that's yeah. great that you yeah. are, are going down that, that route and trying to educate answers on that kind of thing the next generation you know you were that generation that maybe there was a little bit of knowledge, maybe. And then, obviously, your teachers had that generation that nothing, no one knew pretty much yeah. anything. So it was literally just getting as lean as possible, cutting out calories, restricting yourself as much as possible. Yeah. So it's really cool to see that transition of before your teachers teaching you to you having a little bit, like maybe a little bit of a, like a, a dip in the water. And now you're now educating the next generation, um, with the incredible information that now that you can give them, that you've learned yourself from your experiences, so that then they can pass that on to to their next generation. I think that's a really cool thing. Mm
2: -hmm. I think it's just like, so we used to have, I say the term loosely, but like nutrition talks Mm -hmm. when we were at college, but it was only what was out there for the general public. So it was never specific to the dancer, which is what I want to change. Mm -hmm. So... It would just be exactly the same guidance. You should be eating or consuming two thousand calories a day, and it should consist of this. Yeah. Whereas, actually, if you look at your like how much you're using, mm. dancers actually need to, which is what's so hard to get into. Dancers, you should actually be taking in more yeah. to sufficiently like fuel yourself, yeah. and then afterwards as well to prevent injury and mm. stuff like that. Um, recovery time, like that's what I'm trying to say at the moment, trying to get through to dancers. Yeah. And no, everyone's going to be different. Yes. We don't follow that 2,000 calories a day. No. That is literally yeah, yeah. based on... <laughs>
0: no. Do you know what I mean? Here's yeah. your food plate. Eat this or amount. Or we would get told,
2: oh, when you go and eat a KFC, that's like putting diesel in your petrol car. I literally... The amount of teachers that said that, that was like their little catchphrase. You need to fuel yourself properly. If I put the wrong petrol in my car, it wouldn't... Which is great. Yeah. I get that they, they were trying to say... You eat bad, you're not going to move. Mm. But what it shall I eat instead? Yeah, How that was I none have of that. How
1: KFC from home? <laughs> I can remember there was one
2: particular day. We all got called, a whole college meeting. It was a very small college at the time. They've now expanded, but at the time it was only 20 per year group. So there was probably about 50 of us in this room. We all got called in. And they brought in the bin from the changing room, which is where we used to have our lunch. Uh. And they were just picking things out. And it was like, whose was this? And the room would just be like, no one make eye contact. <laughs> and there was like a KFC in there one day, and that was it. Like, we had this biggest lecture, and but it wasn't dealt with properly. No. How can you
0: educate someone by taking it's stuff out? It's be you. Yeah. It's, it's just you. a shame, isn't it? Oh, God.
1: I'm in, I mean, like, obviously, we, we've shared similar teachers and things like that from college, and I know full well on our shows... We would go in the afternoon after our, you know, matinee rehearsal and we'd go to KFC Mm -hmm. and one of them would watch us as we went past and we'd be like, "Mm -mm," little nod kind of thing. You know, here's, I did, I had KFC before a show, but they didn't, it wasn't like I didn't have that experience um, where it was kind of like, whose is this kind of thing? Yeah. Um. I wanted to go backtrack a little bit to your point where you said about obviously dancers not having enough protein across the board, and obviously that's due to just not eating enough, mm-hmm. because regardless of what diet you're on, if you eat enough, you should at least scrape the barrel, if yeah. you, you know, even if you are eating a plant-based yeah. um, um, diet there. And the nice thing, which is what I love about it, is you can actually eat more volume of food Yeah. on a plant-based diet if you are eating, as it's called, plant-based. So whole foods, vegetables, grains, all that kind of stuff. But um, that's crazy. I can't believe they pulled stuff out of the bin. Yeah. It's
0: just yeah, ridiculous isn't yeah. it? that's just really, yeah. that's not even education that's not even that's not going to make you think actually yeah then I shouldn't probably eat that. a little bit better but yeah, yeah. that. would just be like I need make to hide my ahead. rubbish
1: better that's what everyone's doing or they're like
2: right we can't eat at college because there's nowhere to put the rubbish yeah. like it
1: just, wow. just makes an even worse and decision that, you, you it? know I couldn't I um I have used the, that kind of phrase, you know, that you would not a diesel car and things like that, and it it totally makes sense to me, and that was something that I was like, yeah, of course, like yeah. that makes a hundred percent sense to me. But there's there's but a right and a wrong way to go around it. Yeah. Give me give me the alternative. Okay, yeah. so you don't want me to eat KFC. Tell me how to make yeah. it at home. Cook up a chicken breast you know, maybe sack off the bun if you want to save a few calories on the bread or just have the bread, you know, make your own chips, put in some, you know, put in extra vegetables in there, you know, fluff it up with more kind of, you know, lettuce and tomatoes. If I make a burger now, it's like beetroot, you know, I make avocado or guacamole in there, you know, it's packed to the brim with all different kind of, you know, raw veggies as well as the chips and, you know, things like that. And like, I mean, I think, um, I said about it on the previous podcast uh, when it was just Will and myself. I would sit at fifteen hundred to eighteen hundred calories, at absolute maximum, when I was at my leanest. And I was like, No, no, we, that's where yeah. we stay. That's the those are the numbers, and I loved it. And I loved the structure. But now I'm eating almost a thousand calories more, a hundred percent. Like I don't track anymore. I just know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because I've looked at it a couple of times, and I was like, okay, whatever. It is what it is. If you're putting on weight, you know you're eating too much. If you're staying the same,
2: we're fine. We're yeah. maintaining. You know. Yeah. yeah. So um, that's interesting as well because again, going back to this numbers thing, I can't track because mm-hmm. I get obsessive. Yeah. Any sort of number which comes from that weighing thing mm-hmm. at college and being like the numbers must go down. If I, so if I shred, for example, like I said, the initial weight loss before I came to the gym, that was tracking. But I just know I have that addictive personality Mm -hmm. and I have to, like, I would feel so guilty if I went over by one calorie, for example. Mm -hmm. So now, as I said, I don't get on the scales. I don't track like you, the calorie intake. You monitor it. You know in yourself if you feel right, if you're putting on weight, then obviously you're taking in too much.
1: Yeah, and that's that thing of what now people talk a lot more about is intuitive eating. There's all these names for everything now, and you know, that intuitive eating is a lot more popular mm. as long as you've got a grip of, so you know, kind of
2: how to do it. I was going to say that's where the education yeah. needs to come in, yeah, especially yeah. with these dancers. Yeah. Which, again, when we did this before, I touched on it. There is now the Royal Ballet have introduced a healthy dancer program, mm. which is literally like breakthrough like it's amazing um and they have a gym um they have like injury rehab they have dietitians like they have everything there for their dancers Mm. because they're trying to say like you need to look after yourselves yeah and again i think this came up last time it expands their career Mm. like so many dancers are retired and are done by 30 because they're just completely written off. Yeah,
1: and just malnourished. Yeah, you
2: know once you've got. Looking back, dancers died. Like back in the day, yeah. ballerinas, like their career ended because they died. Like that's how bad it was. Wow, I didn't know. Well, because, you know they eat, especially in things
1: like the Royal Ballet, eating disorders were rife, and you know probably still very much are because of that. I must be long, lean, and very mm-hmm. slim to be thrown and things like that. Yeah. But you think, you know, you you land wrong in one one jump, one yeah. leap, you know, whatever it is, and, and like you say, that could be the end of their career, or they go so far with the, the you know the eating disorder that they they never recover, um, which is really sad because they're so talented. Yeah, I would you know give anything for some of their talent, you know. Yeah. But I wouldn't give anything for for the price that they've paid for, yeah. for their health. Um, and, like you say, that recovery is is the price you pay you know it 's going to take you a lot longer if you 're malnourished to recover from a bone break or fracture or you know whatever it might be. even a muscular injury will take a lot longer if your body does not have the tools it needs to repair and and recover yeah, so it's super important, really important, and even you know on the athlete spectrum. You, you can still transfer that across in runners because you see in runners, you know, they're very lean when they're doing their marathons and things like that, but if they're not fueled well, again, you're, you're more, at, you know, a marathon puts you at even even more risk, maybe the same, you know, you're hitting the pavement constantly, that's going to be, you know, kind of that same issue. it's the same, issue.
0: most people, they say, yeah. you know, that as they get older, they say, oh, you know, watch out for your knees and your hips and your ankles when you're older but that's because there wasn't any education on stretching mobility mm. strengthening you know there's there's a lot about you know if you think about older generations in 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 care homes like my now went into a care home two years ago and she used to move around all the time but now she doesn't move at all she can't walk you mm. know because she hasn't done anything with her with her body and i think yeah. that's it's that
1: user or losing yeah exactly like, it literally it's 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 not black and white, but it is black and white. If yeah. you know what I mean, it's it's that kind of. If you don't keep active, you will, you know, you will decline yeah. very quickly once you're older because your body will have no reason to kind of keep like doing its, you know, processes. Yeah. Um, and I had mine, and was the same. She had a stroke and then did her exercises for a while while my grandad kept her motivated, and then it kind of slowly declined, and then that was it. She was in her chair yeah, and
2: then God. in her bed, and then that was it. Um, but again, that's where. Um, dance as well can obviously help that so much so I've taught for um, older people a few times Mm -hmm. for one of my friend's companies and there's a lady in there who's 94 and she dances I mean dances like at first I was like oh do I need to change my choreography and my friend was like no absolutely not like and she's amazing and all of these women like I've I was so inspired, standing in that room, looking around, being like, these are absolute goals. Like, yeah. if I'm still putting my ballet shoes oh, on at 94... Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But that's because, OK, they're not professional dancers. They didn't go and train at school, but they had that normal diet. Yeah. And they are still here. They just had that love for dance, mm. so they're still here and dancing. The dancers that were pressured and went through dance school and ballet school aren't here anymore
0: no well that's the thing isn't it that's that that is the thing it's um it's tough for for people if you have that love for it but you don't pursue it as say like a career and that's obviously the people that pursue it as a career are more than likely going to be the ones that aren't going to carry on later in life because of the malnutrition and 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 the injuries and Uh, maybe the the bone and joint issues yeah Yeah. Um,
1: and and a lot of them lose the love for art you know I've got oh, yeah, girls yeah. that are literally for just sure. one we or said two that years time, below me and yeah they've they've literally fallen out of love with dance due to the the constant attacks on their self-esteem and it is an attack because it's, it's pressure pretty, as well. yeah you know oh, okay your face isn't soft enough to be this role okay you've got the talent but your face isn't right okay I can take that one on the chin I'm not the right look for that role um oh you need to maybe lose a bit here, or look a little bit less muscular, or you know whatever it might be. And there's all these little kind of attacks on every audition you do. You've got to be. You need to either be a sociopath and literally not care, yeah, or you know you're gonna eventually be worn down. And that's what I've seen time and time again. Yeah. Every close friend that I've had that went and did it and came back, or the girls that you know I was in in college with, or below me in in the couple of years. And yeah, they come back and they're just like, I just can't do it
2: anymore. Yeah. Just it's can't do it It's such a hard industry. Mm. And actually, musical theatre is probably worse mm. with that. Like, oh, you don't look right. You haven't got the right colour hair. You're not the right size. And it is hard as well because they know what they want yeah. before you step in the room. And in my third year, we went to an audition and we're lined up outside. And the girl before us, we didn't know her, um, went in and no word of a lie sung one note literally was like ah and they're like yeah thank you and it's like Ooh. the effect that has on you mm. like they obviously just weren't looking for i don't know maybe she was a brunette or so do you know what i mean they obviously wanted a blonde but that's nothing against her yeah but it's just draining the yeah. industry from yeah. that point of view yeah and like you say
1: it's it's, it's hard because the, the dance brings so much joy to oneself yeah, yeah. but there is a, a real kind of a bit of a darker side to it in that respect where you know it is hard, you do have to have very, very thick skin to be successful and that was why, one of the reasons why I did not pursue it any further after I did dance school auditions one was the cost and two was I knew in my heart I did not have the tenacity and the, the mental strength mm. to go through that that would have probably like put me in a very, very dark place and I, at the time I was already kind of partway there with just like family life things that were going on and I thought you know what Chloe right now not the time yeah not the time maybe it would be different now but like I'm 28 years old I'm considered old for a dancer now so I'll just enjoy myself in some you know hobby hobby dancing (laughs) but yeah it's um it
2: is a really tough business Mm -hmm. um and yeah you're put up against you know comparison is constant so I think as well that's where college was a negative thing with that because for example a an average height blonde girl who was a good dancer they'd be like right you're going to be good for xyz therefore you need to look like this yeah and that's where they would grab onto certain people and be like to be that role you need to be this skinny mm. off you go you need to make yourself look like that yeah so it, that was where for me i was always too big because i was tall so yeah. they were like you need to have the lean, long legs if you're gonna dance, like showgirl sort of look, yeah. or you've gotta go musical theatre completely. Mm. So I was always <coughs> pressured to be that tall, skinny girl.
1: Yeah.
2: And they, that's what I can remember time and time again being pulled into the office and then being like, you, like people would die for your legs, like sort yourself out, like you need to drop the weight, you need to make yourself lean, you need to, like people would kill for those legs, and that was pressure, <coughs> again. Mm. You're suddenly like, oh, uh, it just puts that unnecessary pressure. Mm.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's crazy. You're like, I'm just. This is me.
2: Yeah,
0: (laughs) this is me. Yeah, it's crazy. It is
1: a real, a real, real industry. But you know, be it'll be awesome you know moving forward um and we touched on it last time you know creating that you said about creating your own little hub of like dance yeah. and yeah you had a fitness empire that i dream that about one yeah. day yeah no it'd be super cool you know get all those elements in there the recovery get the massage in there like yeah. just all all aspects of fitness and wellness and you know you think of the dancers that you could potentially produce it would be pretty incredible. phenomenal yeah yeah and even you know then to transfer that across to athletes athletes do it a little bit more now they have their team that works around them around the clock you know yeah. and things mm. and if you could transfer that to dance and into maybe other sports that are less um you know maybe even gymnastics because that's another one that's very similar you know the kind of the bone breakage and yeah <laughs> things and the the eating disorder side of things if you could break into those industries as well you're gonna have a whole new generation of like superheroes, I think.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. But you said, like you said uh, the the other day, like it's gonna take a little bit for you to be able to break into that, yeah. isn't it? You know, you said that there is a, there are still barriers that are in that yeah. in the way for you, <laughs> but I think if you get yourself in there and if you can find and breakthrough, knocking on those doors, yeah like yeah. if you can like the can kfc get guy
1: thousands of doors knocked <laughs> <laughs> lots of no's. Exactly. but you found one <laughs> but if you yeah. can get
0: through those doors and if you can carry on and, and, and pursue what you want to do man that's going to be a, a yeah. massive thing for the industry especially you know if you can get that nutritional side in there for everyone and and, and help these dancers become the best that they can be um becoming athletes you know yeah, you yeah. are you are creating athletes now rather than just dancers yeah where you just gotta lose cool. weight you're now creating athletes and that is so important within that industry i think yeah
1: because that's what that's what ultimately you are if you're
2: a full time dancing professional you are an athlete
0: yeah and of I course. Think musical
1: theater, that's you
2: know. what's helped this generation is that it is now dance <laughs> is seen as a sport mm. yeah when i was a dancer people would laugh that's not a sport. Yeah, why? And is it's I like actually, so <laughs> yeah, the amount of times I say to someone, do you, "Do you want to do a day at my college? Do you want to come and have you a day in my shoes?" Wrong. Yeah, but Like I don't think people, the general view is you put a leotard and prance around in the studio. Yeah, yeah. Just I don't, don't jump think. around a bit. So the fact that it has now been accepted as a sport, and as you say, we're seen as athletes, mm. not just dancers, mm. has helped that. It's you, now allowed. Like, it to be a thing. Basically. And that's how it
0: should be. You know, that's, That is how it should be. Mm. Yeah? Yeah. Good job.
1: Well, I feel like we've wrapped up to a, a good point. <laughs> like, we're athletes. I'm a past athlete. I'm not an athlete anymore. I'm just Chloe. But
0: <laughs>
1: is there anything that you would like to add, Abby? Anything that you would say to anyone who's maybe, you know, well, your past self, even?
2: I think... It's just don't be too hard on yourself. Like everyone's going to go through that journey. We're all going to change no matter what. Like that is life. But yeah, just don't be too hard on yourself and learn to love yourself because if you can't love yourself, how can you expect anyone else to? Absolutely. Amen.
0: The words of wisdom from Abby. Thank you so much for coming back on to the <laughs> yes, podcast. That's we right. really appreciate you coming back <laughs> on soon. to the podcast. Um, but no, thank you so much for coming back and, and talking to us. And uh, I hope you enjoyed it alongside us, us enjoying it too. Thank, thank you. you. Hello, anything Thanks else to um, add we all happy?
1: No, I think that wraps it up absolutely beautifully. You. Ended it on a less rambly note
0: than I did while <laughs> <our podcast>. <laughs> <laughs> Chloe was oh. the end and was like, oh, I've just, just rambled for yeah, you yeah. for the last 15
1: minutes. The years? anxiety of that ending has still got to
0: be too much. I was like, oh, <laughs> like, it's fine. Chloe, it's fine. Don't worry. It's all good. It's all good. Um, but apart from that, thank you very much for listening. If you have made it all the way to the end, thank you very much. And uh, we'll see you very soon. Thank you. Goodbye. See
1: you on the next one. Bye.